Yo, 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 you already know what's going on, man. Welcome back to the PG Podcast, Positive Energy Generation, man. And look, Shar, how do I meditate? I get this question a lot. How do I meditate? How do I meditate for a long period of time by myself? I'm not good at this by myself. Shar, is meditation Buddhism? Shar, does that really contradict myself if I'm Catholic, if I'm Presbyterian, if I'm uh, Christianity? Look, man, you guys got so many questions about meditation, and it's all about peace within, okay? You have to master yourself. Master the mind before you master anything. Master oneself, all right? And you got to be connected to the Most High. So, to answer your question, I got the one and only, all right? The one and only God that I know that can help us all break down meditation and how this can help into our life, how we can start using these things along with therapy for all the people out there that said therapy is whack, all right? You ain't got to sit on no couch to get therapy, but we all need true healing, all right? All right, so with that being said, look, man, come check out this next podcast session with my man, <laughs> again, the one and only, Teradata, uh Buddhist that I know. Yeah, Teradata Buddhist that I know. Mr. Venable G. Dow in the building. And you don't want to miss it. All right, so come check this out if you really want to learn about uh, being peace with yourself. If you really want to start your journey of peace. If you really want to know about true meditation. It, hey, divine time is said is now. So come tap in with the Positive Energy Generation Podcast right now. The family's way. Let's get it. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, what's good? What's going on, everybody? You already know who this is, and it's definitely your favorite sofa child. Ah, yeah, yeah. Start coming back at you once again on a PEG podcast, man. Positive energy generations, because we that for life. And you know I'm in my bag, because I give you artist figures to help you push forward. I give you public figures and um, inspirational to help you push forward. And I dug really deep to get my man, Mr. Venable G. Dow, onto the podcast, man. He's a, a how you say, a, um, Theravada. Theravada monk. And he's a practice Buddhist. Um, Buddhism, let me start, he practices Buddhism and he teaches people how to manifest, not only manifest, but how to actually, I guess you say, um, master yourself within, you know, with the positive energy, it's more than just positive energy, but this is his life journey and you've been doing it about, about 35 years old, right? I'm 35, yes. Yeah, 35 years old, you've been a monk for about seven years and your mission is to inspire young people to achieve peace by exploring and teachings of Buddhas, right? Yes. So we're going to dive into that today. And uh, one thing I want to point out that he wants to mitigate teen suicide and increase students' resilience across the world. So we got a lot of things to talk about on the podcast, so we're going to get to it. Um, so you already know how we do it. If you want this uh, social media, you got to stay to the end because that's how it works. We get that sauce. And we're going to vibe, man. So before we actually get started, I usually ask the guests to do a little word of prayer. But since I know that you practice uh, Buddhism, hey, man, I'm going to open up the vibes with a small prayer, if you don't mind, so that sure. we can uh, basically give give back positive energy and let, let's set the tone. So is that cool with you? Yes. All right. So 
All right, Father God, we just come to you as humble as we know how, just saying thank you. Thank you for Mr. Vendable G. Dow to be here and to give us more information, how to in interact with our peace. We just pray for everybody to receive the message. And if this message is for you, we pray that you take it and you reach out to him to be able to expand your journey. Father God, we just continue to say thank you for this connection. In your whole name we pray. Amen. Hey, let's get it. So let's, <laughs> let's dive into it, Mr. G. Dow. All right, man. So um, it's not really easy. Well, it's not an everyday thing you run into um, a month. All right. So I want to talk about it. Today, we're going to actually talk about it and call this segment the practice of peace. Because, hey, as a person that practices positive energy, I tell people all the time, two negatives equal to a positive. So we have to learn how to manifest, how to not only manifest, but to how to build and heal with the negative to get to the peace. So um, before you actually became a monk, right? What did you do? I was a legal and medical interpreter for the courts. I served judges and attorneys, and I also did um, medical settings for primary care offices, OBGYN, neurology, psychiatry uh, for 15 years. Um, uh, and from time to time, they still they still ask me to come in to uh, to interpret uh, from time to time. Uh, but that's what allowed me to see all sorts of suffering in the world. You know, when people hit the rock bottom, I was there. That's in the judicial legal setting. You know, when they all get arrested and they get in trouble with the law, I'm there with them. And so I got to see the uh, the the stages of life. You know, and of course, in the medical setting, you know, I got to see, you know, be babies being born. I get to see them grow up. I get to see all sorts of pain and suffering uh, on the physical level with humans on that side. Oh, that's really cool. I actually um, was in the healthcare field as well. I did healthcare administration and medical assistance. So I, I was like you, I saw where people needed the help, you know, um, and it's really good to have those type of people. I like to tell people it takes a special type of person to be in healthcare, and it really does to, to um, want to help people in their time of need. Um, so as you became interested in to want to take this journey into um, Monk, I guess you could say, um, why did you pick? I don't want to still butcher the name, but I'm going to do it. How you call it? Say it one time for me. The, the, Caravada. Caravada. I'm going to get it. Before this over, I'm going to get it. What made you go to Theravada Monk? Like, what, what, what is first of all Theravada Monk? So Theravada is the branch of school of Buddhism. There's three primary branch, uh, three primary schools, and we are the originals. We are the longest still continuing school of Buddhism. It started out with us first before the school started to split due to. Um, not in agreement with certain teachings. Um, so Theravada is the original, it's very strict, uh, straight to the point, no nonsense. Uh, I chose Theravada because, you know, I need to be able to understand what it is that the Buddha is teaching, how I can use it in my life, how I can see results and quickly. So, uh, you know, I've always been veered towards Buddhism at a very young age. I've always been drawn to the feeling of being in a temple or a monastery and that feeling of peace is it, everything is just so relaxed in there and you know i you know i'm writing a book right now this is october and it's due next month hey. and as i'm sitting and writing this book i'm reflecting back on how young was i when i got into buddhism 
And I'm going back into pictures. I'm going back uh, pictures from a long time ago. And it's like when I was like nine years old, I started going to monasteries. Mm, wow. And so, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but we respect, we Theravadans respect all of the other schools, you know, um, just because we have disagreements a long time ago, thousands of years ago. We're, we still uh, work in harmony nowadays. We've never waged war with each other. So it's pretty awesome. That sounds pretty cool. Um, I know there could be a question out there, so I'm, I'm going to ask the question you know, on the top of my head, right? Sure. So uh, you know that you know the the symbol of Buddhism is the Buddha that, that mostly everybody know know the statue to be. Um, is that what you consider like that person? Is that is he Theravada, or was he uh, the original monk, or was he uh, one of the splits that you talked about? So. In Theravada, we pay homage and respect to one and only historical Siddhartha Gautama. First name Siddhartha, last name Gautama. And I I think I have, let me let me bring the statue here for a second. It's right behind me. It's not far away. So you can see from the side here and the front and when we have certain Buddhist celebration, this is him when he was a baby. Mm, okay. Um, but this is, so when you put down Gautama, G-A-U-T-A-M-A, -A uh, Gautama, yeah, this is the one and only historical Gautama, meaning we have evidence and proof that he once existed. In regards to the other Buddhas and other um, pictures and statues, uh, it's uh, debatable about the historical evidence. Mm. So okay, Theravada is we're the originals. We are like the old school Jedi's of peace. Gotcha. And so, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's the differences. That statue that you put up is mainly used like where you type in like just meditation period. It, it'd be the first to pull up. So I recognize yeah, would, that statue. Yeah, you you would put in Gotama Buddha. Buddha. Yeah, Gotama Buddha. Even if you misspelled it, Google would correct you because a lot of searches has been done on Gotama Buddha, the one and only historical Buddha. And I like that. I like that. It actually that gives people that that thinks it was different. The two was different. It gives them an idea of like like you said, this is uh, Theravada is the original um practice of buddhism and you guys make sure that you you serve the one and only you said go to my right yes go to my i like that man so you've been doing this for about seven years when you dive into it and um you before then you talked about how you was into the medical field so what actually made you become a monk and you picked the practice of buddhism i've always struggled as a young man trying to make sense of the world trying to make sense of myself you know, I wasn't one that sat still. I was one that with ADHD and could not sit still. Uh, and also wasn't in a happy home. So therefore I'm always getting into to trouble. <laughs> and in my teen days, again, into trouble and the police would knock on the door every single night, returning me home to my parents. And like, y'all need to get your, your kid. <laughs> and uh, I hit rock bottom in 2015 when my grandmother passed away. Uh, followed by my best friend Jacob Hall in 2016 and that's what did it I really hit rock bottom I was on a very suicidal path 
And that's what made me choose the path to peace. Because had I not chosen this path, it would not have been pretty. Probably wind up dead or in prison. And there's a lot of people around the world that deals with uh, tragedy like that, um, losing their grandparents um, or a loved one. And some of them do pick the, the dark pathway. So when you was in your moment, you're like, oh, I need to find something to hold on to. And you pick that, the piece. Um, what what kept you from holding like holding on to that last piece? Because I know in my in my time of sorrow, where um, I hit rock bottom when my grandma died, I was I was similar to like you. I felt very bad, and I was on a suicidal path, dealing with a lot of things um, coming out my injuries with the military. So um, my thing for me to keep going was um, I saw when I see I saw myself do it. And once I saw myself do it, I knew I needed help. So what was that moment for you? Like, um, did you see yourself do it? Was it like, I know I could be better, so I'm going to reach out to something? Like, what was your moment um, when you decided to choose it? Yeah, you know, I was resistant to that change. I think we all are resistant to change about losing a loved one, meaning we don't want it to end that way. We don't want them to not be here. We wanted something else, and that's what causes so much suffering. And the pain of change and resistance to change is what pushes a person to try to mask the pain, trying to treat the symptoms of pain by, you know, drugs, alcohol, and other addictions. Um, and so, but, but thank goodness I was able to sit and reflect and realize that something has to change. Yeah. Um, because if, if I keep on going through this route, it's not good. It's not healthy. It's not it's not gonna it's not gonna end well nah. so this is why i tell my students and this is the first thing that i identify in students is is intelligence because typically smart kids usually can tell me what happened how it happened why it happened and as soon as i figure out that this is an intelligent kid i tell them listen these are problems that you have created you can also swim out of this problem if you wanted to so a person with certain smarts can in fact see how they got themselves into a certain mess and realize that look you have an opportunity to change you right. can change the course of this right now and not go down the path of you know smoking weed doing drugs illegal activities lying cheating killing stealing you can change and that's what i did i told myself all right i'm gonna figure this out i'm gonna trace the root cause what i did was i traced the root cause of my pain how, how the hell did I get here, I asked myself. And I started going back in time as, as early as I can remember, as young as I was, about being in the home, you know, who I was with, what happened in the home, the domestic violence, you know, just why did I, why could I never sat still? And by tracing the root cause of the problem, I was able to realize, got it. That's what made me who I am. That's what made me so angry. Ah understanding oneself so that is what um that is what we all want to do is to understand yourself that is spirituality it's just understanding you and then so i figured right okay i, I know exactly where i need to head and buddhism teaches you all of this right. it teaches you the basics it teaches you how to trace the links of influence it, it tells you what you need to do in a, a methodical order and then as you was growing up, where uh, were you, were your family, I guess, were Buddhism or were there a different um, practice of religion? Because you said that you started off young. 
but you've been doing this teaching and being an example for about seven years. So did, was this um, was something your family was doing at first too? No, I was Catholic. I was born and raised oh, wow. Catholic. Yeah, in a, in a Catholic family. My grandmother on the maternal side was Buddhist. My dad mm. was Catholic. Now he doesn't identify with any of them. Um, but uh, my yeah, my mom's side is is Buddhist. So I think that's why they're always fighting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was yeah, I, I was <laughs> I was born and raised Catholic, and I was able to keep the native tongue of the Vietnamese language because I went to church. I went to Saint Joseph, um, Saint Joseph Cathedral down at South St. Petersburg when Father Dam was the was was the presiding um, abbot and priest over that church. So I was like we, we studied Bible studies and also Vietnamese language because they the the older folks knew that if we didn't we would we would eventually lose um, our native tongue. Oh wow that's actually pretty cool. So basically they made sure you guys knew your language and your culture. Because um, we have a lot, a lot of people that are Vietnamese or even a Mexican or African American descent, but they don't have that native tongue. So that's actually pretty cool that they was able to keep that with you. And then through all your uh, teachings and growing up, you was able to see the Catholic side, you was able to see the Buddhism side. So you have a you have a really unique mission, which is to teach youngins and people, young people, to actually um, pick peace, choose peace by practicing Buddhism. Why did you feel that mission was important? Because um, I, I've ran into a lot of people that have practiced meditation or practiced affirmations, but it's, I know it's more than that. So why did you say this is very important for me to teach the younger people? I have been meditating for 20 years and I have been sitting with the broken for 20 years. That meant all of my friends, that meant family, friends, people on the outside, people that I've just met. What does that mean, sitting with the broken? Is that I, I, you know, growing up, I was able to observe my friends' lives, especially my friends that I grew up with, uh, went to school with, acquaintances, and just, Char, just two days ago, I met an old friend that I grew up with. Oh, Again, wow. he, nice family. I know his parents. And he told me he said, "Hey, hey, you know, yeah." It, it, I'm looking at him and I'm like, "Wow, it's been a, it's been like more than ten years since I've I've seen him and." I was like, how, how have you been? And I'm looking, you know, like wondering what the story is like. And he said, yeah, I'm doing good now. And so and so I got three kids. And yeah, by the way, previously I got shot here and here. Oh, and I was like, yeah, was it, uh, was it through and through? And I, I wish I wish that the timeless teachings of the Buddha reached us back then. Because all of us were just on a wrong path. And school doesn't teach you how to deal with breakups. School doesn't teach you how oh. to let go of attachments. And so these good kids, these good guys that I chose, friends, you know, went down the wrong path because no one, no one kind of reminded them, hey, this is going to lead you far from God. This is going to lead you far from peace. And they got themselves into this mess. And thank goodness they, they survived. Thank goodness this individual survived. Now, I didn't want to mention any names. But, you know, this was a second high school friend that got shot that I knew of. Mm. And I was just like, wow, holy cow, something has got to change. And I wanted to apply these teachings and make visible these teachings and accessible to young people of the Gen Z's, the Zoomers, because we millennials, we had it rough. 
So I wanted the Zoomers to discover that is something different. The fact that yeah, you can swim out of depression, you can swim out of anxiety. You know, we can help you deal with breakups. We can help you with the attachment. We can help you deal with the toxic family that you came from. Mm. You know, all of these we can help you, and for free. <laughs> I teach for free, right? Um, I just didn't, don't want to hear more stories down the road in my older days of kids getting shot. Just like we see the news now, we look at CNN, we look at MSNBC, we look at all these news, and we realize the world has gone out of control. We see oh, that people nice. far, far from the Buddha and far from God, far from Christ. You know. It's not good. It's not a good thing. And if we don't have safety in the world, you can't sit and meditate. Now hmm. you said something very important there. Um, we need to deal, learn how to deal with breakups, deal with um, detaching ourselves, um, get more closer to God. And I, I truly feel that that's probably one of the missions why we build um, positive energy generation is to, 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 to basically let you know that you're not alone. You know, on this journey, like you said, we all have been through. Uh, terrible things as kids, especially you. You you talked about those adversities of facing with your grandmother and your friend. So you've been facing a lot of adversities in your life. And um, one thing that I've noticed is like you're still you're still holding on. That's the main thing. You're still holding on. So people out there right now, if you're going through this, you can still hold on. You know, my man, Mr. Venable over here, he's telling you that it does it for free. So uh, you gotta stay around to hear his social so you can be able to tap in with them. So with the adversities that you actually face in your life, such as your friends and old friends getting shot, um, mental issues with yourself, your grandmother, uh, why is it important for you to increase the student resiliency and um, mitigate it for students around the world or especially teen suicide? We've already started to see students drop out at a very high rated number. I was one that dropped out. Nonetheless, the generations nowadays, you know, citing accumulated despair in young people, you know, the, if, if, if they're not, if they're dropping out of school, high school level, middle school level, the chances of hope for them becoming good productive citizens is slim. And it's, they're gonna be channeled right through the jail system, right through the prison system. They can't, they can't do any better if they don't know any better. And trying to keep them in school helps them to do better so that they build confidence, self-esteem, self-concept, self-value, self-image, that they can, in fact, you know, have a better future of making it in the world and making the money that they need and they want so that they can develop good family and so on. Um, so we've I've already started, I mean, again, my days... Uh, I dropped out twice at Northeast High School and dropped out again at Pinellas Park High School and then finished up my diploma at um, Life Skills Center of Pinellas, which was privately <laughs> funded uh, for kids like me. And the judge that presided at my graduation was um, a Judge Michael Andrews. And then later I served him and became his favorite interpreter. So I started to see things go downhill of my days and my age. So I, we, we got to try to keep students in school as much as we possibly can. So that's that's the increased student resiliency, teaching them skills necessary to stay in school because we all know senior year is really rough. Senior years, you know, hor raging hormones, they got changes in their lives. I mean, they're sick of the fourth year of school. I mean, just so many things where they fall in love, they fall out of love, they don't know what's going on. It's chaos being yeah. that age. And so increased student resiliency and what was the other one? No, just say um, the teen suicide. 
and teen suicide, right? And then of course, once they drop out of school, they are at risk of of teen suicide. We've always we've seen a huge statistical number in regarding that, and that's terrible because our kids are our future, our investment, and we we can't do much if they're just killing themselves left, right. Smart, intelligent kids uh, that we're losing lives. We're losing a lot. Um, you know that that's that to me is is a big eye opener studying teen suicides and looking at the National Alliance of Mental Health Institute and APA you know it's alarming it's very alarming we have to drop that is priority our kids are our priority and no one talks about it and no one brings it up to the surface and all of the fundings need to be channeled towards these two priorities that i have identified nowadays I think that's very important that you're you're doing that because now you could be well you are a walking example of that you can be better you know and like you said our children is our future because if they're not here then who will be you know because that's how generations are made so the fact that you're finding ways to actually um freely give it out to people and the teens that you see at risk I think that's very incredible because like you said not many people are doing that not many organizations are doing that and the funds should be credit to teen suicide so teen awareness um to actually get them to think differently because we've all been through high school like you said you dropped out twice to even get to the finish line so that's people i know that even didn't even get to the finish line or maybe later they're now just now trying to go back and get it and it's even harder so um with that what would you say with people that's been through this life journey just like we are um has been through adversities like you have or similar things and they say man i want to actually start their road to peace well from your point of view what would be the start to peace the start to peace is look at the details of your life and look at all the drama you've been involved in and try to cut back first and foremost you can't sit and meditate if there's a bunch of drama going on you know baby mama drama if someone's picking up with this that someone's gossiping about talking all this trash this stuff <laughs> you know when you don't practice right speech you're going to sleep with one eye open because somebody's going to be after you if you don't practice right speech so you know looking at the details of your life realizing you know who is the fool and who is the wise you know how many friends do you have that are doing foolish things that are saying foolish things that is not conducive for you to understand you and where you need to be um that would be the first step and the second step is trying to look at a monastery or a good qualifying teacher uh experienced teacher and reaching out and say hey you know what this is what i think i'm dealing with addiction trauma abuse and i i really like to talk to somebody about it and see what your take on it is and how you know your teachings can help me open my eyes to see the light um at the end of this tunnel and so you know reaching out for help would be the second thing and being really committed to it and making your peace priority that like, is determination i like that making your peace a priority because you come first you know i feel like everybody should know that they're important because in everyone's life you come first like hey mr vendable life you come first in my life i come first because without you then how can anybody get that gift from you know how can anybody learn if you're not taking care of yourself um and i really like that you said you have to really take that piece and take that first step to get to the second step um so with that taking that first step into peace and um, what would you actually say to people that are actually interested into wanting to learn your teachings want to actually start their journey but just like you they started off in a different religion like how you started off in catholic 
um, what if let's say someone else started a different way and they grew their upgrade upbringing was a lot different. How could they actually? Well, yeah. How, where would they start? Where would you say they start so they don't feel conflicted? Because some people could feel conflicted. You won't because Buddhism accepts everybody of any race, of any color, of any background, of any convictions, of any sexual identity. All of that, the Buddha does not care about where you came from, what you have done. Even if you killed somebody, we would still accept you. Right? The story of Angulimala. Even if you're straight, gay, bi, transgender, we would still accept you. We are op we're opening our hands, right? It is you that gotta want it. Um, anyone can reach out to me at any time. You know, I make myself available and quite accessible to the public. Now than ever before, you get to speak to a monk, and you know, let let uh, you know, let me hear your story. I love hearing stories because I'm walking the journey with them, and to give proper recommendation and advice, um, hopefully better than therapy because most of the students are coming to me. They're telling me therapy is not working out. No, and. <laughs> They <laughs> have exhausted all options, and I said, "Okay, we'll let the holy man try to take his take on it and see if we can help you." It does not mean that we are substitute for mental health. It just means that we can be an add-on, an addition to this assistance. And sometimes you do have to revert back to psychology, to mental health experts that may or may need medications. You know, it, it depends on each person. Uh, we try to meet you where you're at. And psychology is trying to do the best that they possibly can. Also, they're also. I think everyone is burnt out uh, in the psychology sector because, you know, there's not a lot of fundings and therapists are overloaded after COVID. And we holy men, there's not many of us that have training in psychotherapy and uh, Eastern philosophy. Mm -hmm. So I'm that unique blend of merging both Western psychology theories and practice and. Um, and the teachings of the Buddha so that all of us make sense of our world. I love that. Like it's basically come as you are. You really is coming as you are and accepting yeah. yourself. So you guys are the reason why people can come and not feel excluded, feel like they have to be this certain way, be that certain way. So everybody that's listening, if you if you're looking for peace, if you're looking to start your journey to healing, true healing, you have to heal my man, Mr. Venable, because he's telling you, come as you are, be most transparent. And I like that. Don't be in denial to, to the point where you can't be yourself. Be yourself so he can be able to help you. Um, you being a Theravada monk, I'm sure you have faced a lot of changes in your life. So what would you actually say has been the hardest thing that you have um, like you had to face being a Theravada monk? Um, you know, we rely on the people to survive. Right. And because I live here in America, not a lot of people know how we operate. And so uh, we depend on donations to survive um, all of the monasteries. Right. And so it keeps the programs going. I have been struggling for books, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy books. Uh, I've been struggling a lot to try to keep the programs going in order to keep the students within reach right here locally uh, from, again, suicide and trying to keep them in schools. Um, there's a lot of challenges being a monk because um, we have a lot, 227 rules that we have to abide by. Um, and so, but we, we have to make it work. I have to make it work and trying to cater to the people and 
serving the people, it brings great joy. And because of that joy, it keeps me in the order. I mean, because if I, if I didn't like this and if I didn't think that it was going to work out or that I did not see results from students that have been reaching out, mm. I would have already disrobed and went back to, you know, being an interpreter. But the fact that I get so much joy out of students' commitment and dedication towards this path, um, that's what keeps me going. And, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. We'll, we'll make it work uh, again with the help of the, the masses of people and crowdfunding. Eventually, all of the resources gets channeled to where it needs to go and help people that needs the most. And that's the main important thing. I really like that. I really like that. And I actually want to pivot off of what you had just said as far as like, if this didn't really work out, then you have been in the row by now. Um, do you ever actually battle with being the monk you are today, the terrible monk you are today, the person you are today versus the person that you were? Do you ever have those battles between the two? And if you know, what, what do you do when you face that moment? No, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I am who I am. I, I've been who, who I've always been. And so Buddhism is about finding the middle way. The the, the blend of the, the crazy you and the peaceful you, whoever you are, you know, is, is, you know, this is me when I'm tripping and this is me when I'm at peace. Yeah. This is me tripping, this is me when I'm lit. Um, and so uh, I just did a, a couple videos on TikTok about the definition of lit. Uh, enlightenment and lit so i invite you guys to go see that oh, but yeah. i am who i am i'm not gonna hide who i am and you know i still play sports on the weekend i'm still me i i still call up my guys and hang out and you know just because i'm a monk uh you know doesn't mean like i'm gonna you know grab a tree and sit underneath there all day every day <laughs> uh, I, I do have my fun i do you know go out and have an active life i talk to people i engage with the public i take care of myself both mind and body you know, I work out, I, I play sports, I go rock climbing, I'm sweating, you know, trying to keep fit so that I can continue serving the people. And that's what brings, I mean, just the most ecstatic joy a, a monk uh, can experience. Yeah, I love it. I love that you yourself, people get to actually see that. Like, it's not just like, you know, at versus like being in church, you will see people play certain roles and it's who they portray. And then you can't see, okay, the trials and tribulations that they go through on a daily basis. You're like, look, look at me. I'm not perfect. I'm not the best person. You know, I'm not the, um, the most holy person in the world, but look, I am trying, you know, and that's the main thing. I feel like you're trying, you're finding that balance, like you said, of when I'm tripping and when I'm not tripping, when I'm lit and when I'm not lit. Uh, I love it. I love it. And for the people that's right now listening and they, they just, if they didn't hear anything that you said and you can actually give a message in 15 seconds, what would that message look like and go? Heed the advice of the wise. You know, be aware of that little lawyer in your head that says, yeah, you got this, you can do this. But sometimes we miscalculate and look at how much you have miscalculated, you know. And again, reconsider what I'm trying to say here to you and for all is that, you know, I've, I've walked through this path and most of my mistake was thinking I could do it on my own without the assistance of, of another. And so just be true and be you and don't be afraid to reach out to say, yeah, you know, you know, this breakup is causing me to do this. This divorce is causing me to do that. You know, the, the, the addiction to weed, the addiction to drugs, alcohol, intoxicating substances. You know, once you are honest to yourself and you reached out, you know, you never know what the future can hold for you and how much better you can actually become. So I you know, hope people would heed the advice of the wise. And, and take action today. When you was actually going through your battle, um, before you decided to 
become a Theravada monk. You talked about um, fighting these addictions, uh, such as alcohol, weed, drugs. Uh, did you have an addiction or did you have something, a substance that you would go to, such as alcohol or weed or drugs that you had to let go? I did. You all did. of that. Mm, weed, all of drugs, it. alcohol, uh, um, sex, <laughs> you name it. We humans do that. We oh, will yeah. choose all of these avenues to run away from the pain. Mm. So I mean, when, once you start to face yourself and choose to not run from the pain, then it became less and less of you actually wanting to go do those things, alcohol, drugs, because I'm pretty sure as a Theravada monk, these are things that you practice people, and, um, well, teaches people into letting go, which is the alcohol, the drugs, the wanting to run away, right? Well, you, I mean, our mind's already tripping. When you use these intoxicating substances, you compound that trip even more unnecessarily. Mm. So how could you see the the, the the light at the end of the tunnel? You have to be aware, alert. You have to like know exactly what's happening, how your mind is tripping to be able to swim out of your problem. We're using the mind to fix the mind. We're using the one thing that causes us a lot of problems in order to fix itself. So you have to really pay it close attention. Um, uh, again, the, the mind jumps all over all over the place, and yeah. uh, it, this is heaven and hell re resides right in here in your head. Happiness re relies on the quality of your thoughts. If you keep on thinking negatively every single day, you're living in your own hell in your own head. Uh, hey, this is a heaven and hell on earth. You know, it starts off in the mental. I love it, man. So you gotta go ahead and get your social media out to where as people that's been listening and they're, they're actually inspired by like, like to just go talk to you and even take that leap of faith and take that step, the first step into peace. What is your social media people can tap into you at? So uh, Venerable, uh, V-E-N uh, for short, and then G-Dao, T-R-I, D-A-O, right? T-R-I space D-A-O. And then you can find, I'm, I'm all over uh, <laughs> Google. Uh, Instagram, TikTok, so Cheetow Monk or Venerable Cheetow. I'm on, you know, a lot of podcasts. So feel free to reach out. Don't don't feel like you're bothering me or anything like that. The joy comes in serving the people. Uh. It's exactly what Buddha would want us to do, and it's exactly what Christ wants us to do. So you know what? It's all gonna work out. It's all in the making, man. It's bigger than us. I always feel like it's already written. So I appreciate you, Mr. Venerable. G Dow for coming on to the podcast, spreading your positivity. And yo, go tap in with my man and make sure you guys stay tapped in into the new book that he'll be coming out very soon. Um, and if nobody told y'all today, tomorrow, that they love you, know that start from the Positive Energy Generation podcast. Love you. Know that Mr. Venable G Dow loves you and go tap in. You are definitely loved. You're not alone. Live to inspire and let's get it. Yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go.